Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Oh, gee whiz, that's, a, that's an interesting question. Um, I'm not sure with what we've got at the moment that that's achievable and it's, you know, it's it's difficult to talk about individuals, but you know you'd think that those two boys are very highly rated by all clubs. So uh, to pull off something where you end up with both players, I, I think would be pretty difficult. That's right, O'Brien talking on the show yesterday with myself and Hammer, just in regards to getting Harley Reid and Daniel Curtin. Can they get both? One man who will be across it all, of course, he'll be involved in the Fox coverage of Draft Day is Mick Ablett. He's been a good supporter of ours here, an SEN AFL Draft expert, and uh, knows the recruiting landscape better than most. Uh, thanks for coming back in. Morning, boys. Morning, listeners. Well, it's yeah. uh, it's getting closer, isn't it? So now uh, with the trade period coming up and the Harley Reid talk. It, uh, it's exciting. How did you find grand final day? Did you enjoy it? I thought it was the best grand final I've ever watched. In in my time, I absolutely loved it. It was. I kept saying the same thing. I kept saying, what a game. This is amazing. And you just kept repeating the same thing. I thought it was a classic contest and... You know, the, uh, I thought the right the right team came out on the right side of the ledger. They've been the best team all year. No boy, Mick. No yeah, boy. No doubt. And, and interesting, let's talk about now. Daniel McStay didn't play, right? But he still had an impact on Collingwood getting to where they got. Big time. Uh, the Bobby Hill recruiting, we saw the benefits of that. They have Tom been, Mitchell. Tom Mitchell. They have been awesome, Collingwood. And that premiership was based around some very shrewd recruiting. 100%. I, I did an analysis during the year on, on West Coast and... Collingwood, dating back to 2018, and where the two teams, it was when Collingwood beat Adelaide in Adelaide, went to top of the ladder, West Coast were on the bottom, and just had a look over that course of five years with their trades, their draft picks, the personnel changes, and make no mistake, they made some big calls. I know some of it was forced through the salary cap issues they faced with Adam Trelaw and the like, but geez, they were very, very smart, and they got a very intelligent list manager, and one of the great people in, in recent times in footy, Graham Wright. Um, got a sensational coach in Craig McRae, who's he, him along with Luke Power are the two best development coaches I've seen in my time. And um, amazing, uh, able to go to the mid-season trade and draft period, sorry, and, and pick up John Noble and Ash Johnson and these sorts of players that, you know, obviously uh, John Noble being stiff, but they play a really, really pivotal role over the course of the year in getting teams to grand finals. Ash Johnson's another one that was stiff. He got injured late and ruled him out. But he possibly would have played ahead of maybe Ginevan on the on the weekend. So he's another one that's stiff. But all those players, all of those players, played massive roles to get them where they were. And it gives them, it gives you depth, doesn't it? So when mm. you lose a couple of, like a Taylor Adams or somebody like that, the ability for these guys to be able to step in, not just play a role, but they'd be playing, I reckon, most games in... 
90% of other teams across the competition week in, week out. So, Which is a question I, I reckon I asked during the season, Goss. It wasn't a matter when you're comparing them to West Coast. It wasn't a matter of how many of these players would, would get on would get a game with another team. It was how many of these players would actually be on a list of another club. That's, I guess, the massive gap between, the, between Collingwood and, and West Coast at the moment. Yeah, you're 100% right. And we say it every year, and this is why... Recruiting and drafting, essentially it's crystal balling. That, that's what yes. it is. I mean, everyone gets a pat on the back when things go well and we say when things go poorly that, geez, they're no good or do they know what they're looking at? But essentially it is. We're all crystal balling. There's no exact mm. science to it. Um, and your development programs are massive. I've been saying this for a long, long time in football clubs. It's not just the recruiting. You have to have a real top-end development program, and if you haven't got that, both on-field and off-field for your young players coming in, it doesn't matter how good they are. If you've got a question for Mick, 13 12 55, or you can text 0487 736 736, temporary bedshed text line, any draft questions or recruiting questions, we're going to just throw this all around. Now, Mick, what's your take on Matt Rosa going to Essendon? Good pickup? Fantastic guy. First and foremost, great person. Um, I was down, obviously, with Subiaco playing Peel in that preliminary final I caught up with Matty um, a few days prior to the announcement and, yeah, he's an outstanding person. It's a great get by Craig Vozzo. I think he'll have a lot to learn in terms of the list management, in terms of the ins and outs of, of how it works at AFL level, but I'm a great believer in getting good people into to organisations and he's certainly one of them. Which club has – a real tough question, question without notice, and for both, which, question, which club has the most to do? Which club has to get this draft and the trade period right going forward? It's the bottom two, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I think when you look at the compensation package that North Melbourne have now been given, I think that's a huge leg up for them. So for them, it's just a matter of, of making the right call. I think there's a you've got the likes of Joy Simkin, Luke Davies-Uniak, uh, Nick Larkey. So there's there's some, some good talent there on that list that they can now add to. And if they end up with pick three for Ben Mackay, um, you know, gee whiz, they'd be hard-pressed to, to get that wrong. So I think it's a huge draft for West Coast. I really do. I'm not just saying this being in WA, but this could set them up um, for years to come if they get them right, if they trade wisely and bring in the right players. But again... The development program's the big one for me at West Coast. I think if you look back over the last few years, we haven't necessarily seen players come on in leaps and bounds, and I think that should be a huge focus over the off-season is getting the best people in development. They were pretty good last year, West Coast, with their recruiting. I think Tom will say that they were good. I think this, this year's draft and trade period will be the one we look back on in probably four years' time and say whether that was whether they nailed that or not. Yep. I, the I four years about the right – was it three years? Was it four years or was it five? No, I, th- I think it's probably three to four years. I think you should start to see the impacts of a really good draft and, and when you've got high-end selections like they've got at the moment, you know, sitting with pick one and, and whatever that turns out to be, and I know we'll chat about that soon, I think on the back of last year um, and their ability to bring in Elijah Hewitt – um, Ruben Jimby, even Noah Long, who's to me, he, Noah Long's a talented young player, mm. and I think he'll he'll end up a Jamie Cripps type player down the track as well. So, we have fans. 
So, um, yeah, I think you're right, Scotty. I think it's if in three or three. four years we'd want to see some real benefits at the last of the the 2022 2023 drafts. Where's Fremantle at in regards to what they can do in this draft? Uh, because they were chips in with Luke Jackson, and they've been, and they've reaped the benefits. He had a super first up season. Took a little while to get warmed up, but he's big. And then this speculation and the talk that the Sean Darcy stuff just won't go away. That won't go away. Yeah, oh, look, if I'm sitting at the Fremantle Dockers, I'm I'm making I'm making a, a pretty big call. I would I would I would have moved Sean Darcy um, in this trade period, and I'd be bringing in some early picks. The Liam Henry one's going to get really interesting. I think they're well within their right to be asking for at least a second round pick for that. I know some people are saying that um, that St Kilda are willing to give up a third. I think that's ludicrous for a player of his talent. I think it's got to be something a lot earlier than that. But Fremantle have got to get back in early in the draft. I think they cost themselves with the depth that went out that I know we've touched on when we've spoken previously, that's that's floated around with Blake Akers, Lloyd Meek, Griffin Logan, these sorts of guys going out. So they've got to get back in the draft. I, I think this year was a little bit of an aberration. I think they'll bounce back, Freeman. I think they're better than what they showed this year. But yeah, I agree. You've you've got to bring, you've got to keep getting in early in the draft. Jason has texted. Good on you, Jace. Legends. Uh, Mick, is there any shred of hope that West Coast, we, he said, could do a Collingwood and get back in the 8-24-25? Have a great day. I, I don't see that happening, to be honest. Um, I think there's still a way to go. I, st- I still think there's some turnover in the list that's got to occur before then. You want to see him, What you do want to see him do is gain that home ground advantage again. I think teams stopped fearing coming over and playing West Coast in WA, which mm. is which was always the big advantage for interstate teams. So I think with some progression, um, you know, if it happens to be a Harley Reid or a Daniel Curtin that comes in, they can have significant impact early and that's not to put pressure on the kids. They're talented. They're ready to go, these guys. So I don't see them climbing up the ladder in the near future, um, but you'd like to think in probably 2025 that they'd be knocking on the door of finals. What do you do? Do you keep pick one? That's the big question. Do you would you keep pick one if you're in charge of the Eagles list right now? Do you say we're pick, we haven't picked one? We're taking Harley Reid and, and count on the fact that you'll keep him at the club for extended period, or do you look for options? No, I wouldn't. I'd I'd trade pick one out um, and bring in Daniel Curtin. I I love this kid, and I've made that very very clear before. He's he he's a huge talent, Daniel Curtin, and he's a sort of player. He's bigger than you think as well. I know when when um, Subi played Claremont, I was actually running out on the ground and I ran past him, and I sort of took a bit of a step back and I went, "Geez, he's, he <laughs> is bigger than what I thought." So, I think he's the one that they've got to go after. Homegrown talent, someone that you know you're going to keep at your footy club for hopefully 15 years. That goes on to play 250, 300 games. And we know as much as players say, I'm happy to go, I reckon they're, they're just as happy to um, to get back home very, very quickly. So yeah. so what, what, would you, what would you want then for pick number one? What would get the deal done in your eyes so they can take to – obviously when I said, but there's any chance they'd take Daniel Kuhn at one, but in hindsight that was stupid because then they give away their leverage of having pick one and getting more. Um, they trade pick one, what do you want for it? Yeah, I think, and we and it's we North Melbourne. Bit, the North Melbourne's the one, aren't they? They're the only team they can trade with. Yeah, I've said this before because if it gets past 
pick two or they get they sit outside. Daniel Curtin's the second best player in the draft. There's no doubt about that. Harley Reid's clearly number one. Um, I've sat and gone over a lot of vision, had a closer look at him, and, and he's he's a generational talent. There's no doubt about that. I'd be looking, if I was going to give up pick one, I'd be saying, okay, give us pick two. So we both get the outcome we want. Harley Reid stays in Victoria. You get the Victorian player. We get our West Australian player. Then I think it starts to get interesting. I think pick 14's got to be involved, which is the pick that um, that North Melbourne acquired from Port Adelaide. Um, so I think pick 14's definitely involved. And and whether it's a future first, um, one of those compensation picks that they acquired in the in the 2024 draft. But I think West Coast are going to have to give something back too. And whether that's um, pick 34 or well, something in this year's... enough? I, I, th- I think they're going to... Because, I mean, North Melbourne can sit and play hardball here. Mm. And they can say, that's fine. Take Harley Reid, pick one. And then you'll have 10 Victorian clubs all coming after him in 12 months' time. They won't be one of them because if he has his choice of 10 Victorian clubs, probably North Melbourne's not going to be one of them. No, more than likely it wouldn't be. I mean, if they... if it they got one the, chance of getting him, haven't they? Yeah, they have. But if it sits the way it is and they end up with pick two and pick three... Um, you know, you're talking Daniel Curtin, um, Zane Dersma, these sorts of players as well. So I still think they hold the gun hand. So I'd essentially say give up pick one, you ask for pick two, pick 14, and one of the future compensation package um, picks in 2024, and you give up pick two and um, and pick 34. 13, 12, 55, if you have any draft questions, we'll get a breakaway and come back. 13, 12, 55, if you want to speak to a Mick Ablett about the draft and some possibly recruiting, 13, 12, 55, or we'll text 0487 736 736. We'll touch on the Clayton Oliver rumour too, which, well, it's more than a rumour. It's, it's, got, it's got legs. It's big. It's the story of the day in mm, Melbourne today. Massive. It's big. Scotty, be patient. We'll get to you in, uh, next. This is Scotty Ingoss. Mick Ablett in the studio. We're talking all things AFL draft and recruiting. WA's Novated Leasing Specialists can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Boat My Tiles giving you a chance to win a trip for two to America's footy's biggest game. $70,000 worth shopping store at Beaumont's before November 12. And you're in with the chance. T's and C's apply. Mick Ablett, AFL draft expert. And we're talking all things draft, trading. Cam, uh, Cam Oliver. What's his name? Cam Clayton. Oliver? Clayton Oliver. He's the name that keeps popping up this morning. If you've been listening to SEN, all sorts of speculation that he's been looked after by Max Gorn, that the 12 weeks out during the year was not injury-related. He's got five years of a contract, a million bucks a year. It's just crazy. We'll get to that in a moment. But Scotty is online, Scotty Willis. He's listening on the app. He wants to talk to you about the top 18-year-olds. Scotty, Good morning. Morning, boys. How are we? Um, just, I know it's a question without notice, but interesting, I can't remember the guy's name who, uh, the kid's name who won the uh, top player in the state under-18s, Tom. And why is he not being talked in top one, two or three? Like... Yeah, so the young man would be Riley Sanders. Uh, he was the, the, the young fellow that, yeah, that won the Lark medal out of Tasmania. And there was a lot of talk early days about him and, and him being approved as a next-generation academy talent for North Melbourne, and would they walk him through as yeah, yeah, yeah. to the club as part of the compensation package? So yes, That he, failed, though, didn't it? They... Well, he got approved as NGA, which is completely irrelevant and ridiculous because 
they can't match a bid if um, if Riley Sanders gets bid on inside 40 and he's just won the Lark medal and he's a, a top 10 talent. So he's going to get bid on inside 10. Okay, so further to that, can you just tell us, who's who do you think's untouchable that you know you're not going to get a hold of? The Gold Coast are going to get... Uh, and where they're not even going to be in the mix because there's all this talk, and we've had a text from Rhonda who's a rusted-on Eagles fan, and she's telling us about Dan Curtin and the draft, but McKercha, Dersma. Are there any chance those names are going to end up in Western Australia? No. So the Gold Coast Suns will make it work. Jed Walter, um, Ethan Reid and Jake Rogers are three players inside 15 that will all get to the Gold Coast Suns. How? Well, you don't, they'll acquire enough points, even if they've got to go into debt, for the 2024 draft. So they're academy of, players. They're... Absolutely. So they're Northern Academy players. So you've got your next generation academy, which if they get bid on inside 40, they, the club that they're aligned to cannot match the bid. But when it comes to your Northern Academy, so your, your Lions, your Suns, your Giants and your Swans, if their players get bid on at any stage in the draft, those four Northern Academy clubs have the ability to match the bid, and that's exactly what the Gold Coast Suns will do. So Lance Collard, who is uh, NGA uh, Nick Natanui uh, Academy, I think, out at West Coast. Now, yep. He's been incredible for Subaco Colts. You would have seen a bit of him in your time as the runner in the back half of the year. Lots to like about him. They put a lot of work into him. How do they get him? Well, if he gets bid on inside 40, which my mail is very, very strong that he's inside 30, uh, the West Coast Eagles cannot match the bid. See, I find that peculiar. They, they, yeah, that you can, you can train fair. it, look after him, academy a kid uh, up. They are the worst team in the competition, West Coast, yet mm. they don't have a chance to keep a kid. And there's four clubs that can have the rules to bid and have a crack inside 40. Yeah, so those, those others academy. that don't. Those rules got bought in for the Northern Academies um, a long, long time ago. And the reason for that... To protect their areas. Correct. And the reason was rugby league can go and offer kids contracts at 15 years of age to remain at home. And that's the attraction. Eh? You know, you can stay in Queensland with your family. Mm. You can stay in New South Wales. So the AFL had to have a mechanism to compete with the NRL. And that was for the Northern Academy players to be able to have a guarantee of staying at home. All righty. Beck and Duncray. Thank you, Beck. Hi, boys. Uh, could you ask Mick about his thoughts on Chester? Do we need to be more patient or does he have something more in him? A bit of confidence in Marrick and can't wait to see him in a, with a pre-season under his belt. Yeah, I think I think Chester will go. I, I think he'll leave. I think he'll head back to Melbourne at some stage. Um, he's got talent. There's no doubt about that. Um, I would have liked to have seen, I know he's had his injury troubles, but I would have liked to have seen a bit more by now. And he looks like a player to me that that probably needs a fresh start. Um, and the only issue you've got is what you can get for him now because he was a first-round draft pick. You're not going to get a first-round pick in return for him now because he probably hasn't quite reached those levels as yet. Um, and the other one, Ryan Marrick, he looks a really, like a really, yep. really good player. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of this kid. I think he he stepped in, he impacted immediately. Um, he loves front spot. Have you noticed when he plays? Yes. Well, he demands front I, spot. I said it at the time, he reminds me of a young James Sicily. He's mm. just that beautiful, rangy type of move, and he's a difficult matchup because mm. he is strong overhead. Mm. He's also got a presence at ground level, so 
he's definitely one you hang on to. That's you an get interesting the second, one. third defender every time, or probably third defender every time now too. Mm. So. That's an interesting. That's an interesting call uh, we hear from you in regards to Campbell Chesser. We'll get a breakaway because news is just around the corner. But you're going to stay with us if you don't mind, Mick. Love to. Uh, your motorbike is still running. I've noticed. It's <laughs> a nice bike. What, what do you ride? What do you push uh, around? Duke Monster. Duke Mon- oh, There you go. Monster. Yeah. It's not a Harley, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, uh, we're going to one more. We're going to hear from, of course. Uh, um, I've got his name. His first name. O'Brien. Rowan. Rowan. That's right. I've had you on the show today. Yeah, well, yeah. You okay? Yeah, I am. Thanks for coming in, Steve. Um, <laughs> uh, Academy players. SENWA breakfast. He spoke yes about the academy players and uh, and trying to get them. And we talked about Lance Collard and what's happening there in the northern clubs in the northern states. Here's Rowan O'Brien from yesterday. And let's get some news away. We'll have a look at uh, some of the boys that have come through the academy this year. Obviously, we. We took uh, Jordan Baker and Tyrell last year um, and we've got another couple of opportunities, including Lance this year. The difficult part around that is uh, really around what Tim just described on uh, if and where any bids will come and whether we get access to them. I'm a bit like you. If you've done the work with the players uh, and we want to have academies to grow the talent pool, then I think clubs need to be rewarded uh, to get those players in and... um, We'll look at, at our guys again and hopefully there's an opportunity that we may be able to put some Thanks to Ladbrokes. Ladbroker. Ladbroker. Download the Ladbrokes app today. Let's hit the Ladbrokes chat with our man, Tom Hackett. Uh, we're talking racing today. Everest and Cox Plate. Tommy, what do you got for us? Yeah, some really uh, interesting races coming up in the next few weeks. The Everest field is just about confirmed now. We've had 11 of the 12 slot holders confirm their runner, and the last one will be filled uh, in the next few days. It'll likely be alcohol-free. So the horses that have been added in the last 24 hours, Hawaii 5-0, who was a very good second behind Think About it in the Premier Stakes on Saturday, it's gone in now. It's $11. Fiona, who won the Golden Pennant, will be the Chris Waller Racing runner in the Everest. She's $15. And the Golden Slipper winner, Shinzo, uh, found the fire in the Golden Rose with Stan Lane. He goes into the Everest now. He's $15 as well uh, in the Coolmore slot. The favourite is Imperatrice. She won't be running, so don't worry about her. She's $4, but she will not be taking her place in the Everest. She will be staying in Melbourne for the Ludbrokes Manicato Stakes. And outside of her equal favourites, I wish I win four fifty. Think about it, four fifty. Private Eye, $6. It's only a very open edition of the Everest, but I wish I win is the horse to beat, in my opinion. And, of course, we've got a, a very, very strong potential West Australian hand in the Ladbrokes Cox Plate. Romantic Warrior, the Hong Kong champion, he makes his Australian racing debut on Saturday in the Turnbull Stakes. He's $4, but on the second line of betting now, after her win at the Valley in track record time on Friday night, is Amelia's duel. She's there at $5. Mr. Brightside, $6. There's a chance that if, if Romantic Warrior comes out and doesn't fire on Saturday in, in the Turnbull Stakes, there's a very strong chance that Amelia's duel could finish the weekend as, as the favourite in the, the Ludbrokes Cox Plate market. And my opinion is that if Romantic Warrior comes out, fails the fire, the Cox Plate will be the target for Amelia's duel. Tommy, always appreciate it. Racing today in Kalgoorlie over in the west. We'll throw <laughs> some out too. And you've got, no, because it's the, you got the Mount, round. Everest, Mount Cox the round Plate. on, mate. Yeah, no, I love it. Oh, the round oh, is so good. But, Tommy, we'll keep uh, t- in touch with you with more racing markets as we lead into what's going to be a big couple of weeks ahead. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, boys. That odds update thanks to Ladbrokes. Ladbroken on all your favourite racing. Download the Ladbrokes app today. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. You got some stuff for us for Kelgoolie? Yeah.
Just be listening. I'll have some before the end of the show. Could you put something on X? You good for the money you're already over? <laughs> oh, yeah, I do too. <laughs> oh, you're 70, don't I, for the stinking Waffle Grand Final. Yeah, the Waffle Grand Final. We got that no wrong. one attended. We got that wrong. <laughs> yeah, they know they attended. It was good numbers. Don't worry about that. Oh, uh, 70, good. Yeah, fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, people were disappointing. Wow, they were flat. They were, weren't they? I, I was, I was really disappointed, especially in so what I'd I. seen the week before. Yeah, they had no impact. It was just nothing. Mm. But Eastern Mountain were well coached, well, well prepared. They knew, and they just had speed in the midfield. Will Brody got three years to run of a contract at Fremantle. He's currently overseas with his lovely partner. Um, West Coast could do a lot worse. He's not going to survive playing waffle football. I agree. I totally agree. I, I think he's, he's got a lot to offer. AFL footy, and he's better than than playing. In all due respect, he's better than playing state league footy week in week out. And he's what he give, what he would give West Coast is a point of difference in terms of a big body. He, he's bigger than what he actually appears to be, um, and he gives him a real presence on the inside, especially when you start to lose. You know the likes of Luke Shuey and you got Elliot Yo that's struggling to stay out on the park. Tim Kelly needs Tim Kelly needs to take one step to his right to be the player he was at Geelong. He was a super player for West Coast this year. He's been a very good pickup, but he shouldn't be playing the inside role. He should be the receiving role. No, and that's what that's what Will Brody is. I, I had a lot to do with Will as between the ages of 16 and 18, and he's a clearance specialist. That's what he is. He's not great on the outside. We, we know that. I think he'd admit he's not the most polished by foot, but what he is is elite in the contest. Problem is, though, that the, the only thing that stopped... Fremantle getting a whole lot more attention this year was how bad West Coast were. And Fremantle would have to not rate Will Brody at all to want to do a deal with West Coast to help them improve. Yeah, well, the the mail I had, and when, even when we played them late in the year, was, um, you know, and this is just being honest, was that it's, and it's been mentioned before, that the defensive side of his game was what let him down. He was very good in terms of going and winning the ball and, and, um, and being an offensive weapon. Didn't necessarily... Um, give a great deal of accountability going the other way. And, and that was a challenge, I believe, that was given to Will. But, look, he's he. you're 100% right, Goss. If you threw him into that West Coast midfield and you allowed Tim Kelly to be Tim the, Kelly. the receiving player that can actually hurt you on the outside, they're a completely different look. Can't see it happening then. Yeah. Well, Fremont won't. Do, do, do. Well, I don't think we can step aside from the fact that Freo and West Coast do not want to help each other. No, but at the same time, is and I agree with you, Scotty, 100%. But I will say this, that I think that he's got three years to run of a contract. It's pretty good. Yep. It's pretty good. Yep, and fair enough, he and, earned it. And he's not going to fit into He's not going to get a game. No. So they can't just sit there and go, oh, we're not going to trade with West Coast because we've got bad form with West Coast. It would be ordinary. Oops. It would be really They're ordinary not helping as themselves as by players. sitting on it. And he will just say, well, cut me loose. But I'll... I challenge that a little bit too, though, Goss. Like, I, I thought one of the downfalls for Fremantle this year was a lack of a big body in the midfield. I think mm. when Mundy so went why out... why didn't he get a game? Well... He played 10 at, or 11 games in a row at Peel, was knocking up 35 touches. They were still alive in the finals campaign. I know at the very back end, they went with Johnson and Erasmus. Mm, no, Erasmus mm. didn't earn his spot. And they've got their Sarong and Brayshaw. Got the same old you know, blokes in the middle. Yep. He had, he had to be in their best 22. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think I don't think Matty Johnson's the answer for the big body. He's not. Matty Johnson is more of an outside player than what he is inside. So I don't think he's the answer. And I know his name got bandied around a little bit, but 
when they lost Mundy, and I think they were hoping Fife would have been fit enough to step in mm. and sort of mm. fill the void, but they haven't. And now you've got Sarong, who's a little bit smaller, Brayshaw, that's a little bit smaller, and they they are a team that lack that big body. And if you look at what the Brisbane Lions did, what did they bring in? They brought in Josh Dunkley. Mm-hmm. And also had Hayden Young who played mid as well, which and I know he went back late, but at the same time he's, he probably is ahead of Brody in regards to what Fremantle are looking at. I so want to run we? this by you. This is uh, Adam Cooney on AFL Trade Radio, and I'm going to quote him, and I reckon this quote, he must have been listening to you. Or the, I'm pretty sure he said it off air, but my mind is frazzled. Why on earth would Devin Robinson commit to playing for West Coast next year when he can play for the Brisbane Lions for at least another 12 months and possibly win a premiership and then walk into the Eagles in a year's time? You said exactly that. Yeah, I I think he stays at Brisbane. I think he's 23 years old, whether he signs a two-year deal or a three-year deal, he's in their best 22. And and he's got he's right in the window now to win a premiership. So if I was Devon Robertson, I'd be sitting tight. I'd be aiming at winning a premiership with the Brisbane Lions or definitely competing over the next two or three years. And then, you know, when he's 25, 26 and, and a little bit of the work's been done over here in the West, there's his opportunity yeah, to come back in. We'll see whether Devon Robinson uh, values winning and premiership possibilities or coin. That's that, right. That's, that's all it'll come down to. It has to come down to that. Uh, or maybe family. And the other trap too, Did you Scotty, know that he's the nephew? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's a nephew of uh, Mitchell White <laughs> and Ash McIntosh. The other trap is here too. Do, surely West Coast don't fall into paying overs mm. Devin Robertson mm. either. That, that, that's the trap too is, yep, they can offer him more money. Is There's no doubt about that. Is he B or C plus grade, Devin Robertson? Oh, no, I think. Oh, he's I th- better than oh, B. Yeah, no, well, I, no, he's not better than B. He's great. a super player. Uh, he's a good player. He's a super player. Oh, you've it, overcooked him. No, I, th- I think he's a good player. The thing that's always let Dev down, and this is this is not a criticism of him. This is just the way it always was. And why sloppy rig. He, definitely not the right, Scotty okay. guy. But uh, he's just he's, he's polished by foot. Yep. He, that does hurt him, and that's where you value, where you, whether you're a B or a B-plus to an A-grader, is is the damage you can do when you've got ball in hand. I'd be going after him. I'd be... I'd be... Big time. I'd be chasing him big time. I reckon he'd be the perfect fit at West Coast and now. 13, 12, 55. Keep the course coming on 0487 736 And I reckon he's got some relatives or something. <laughs> all right. Let's get a breakaway. Mickey Ablett in the studio talking all things footy. We're here thanks to Fleet Network and they're the best. Fleetnetwork.com.au. His, his grandparents live down south next to <laughs> Ronaldo's grandparents. Yeah. Oh, did you, oh, no, no, did no. Nowhere near Sasha Barracoan and Isla Fisher. They're down south. Okay, down the southern yeah, region. Southern region. Thank you very much. This is Scotty Ingalls. WA's novated Leasing specialists can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Welcome back. Nick Ablett in the studio. We're talking all things trade and draft. And there is a text, Scotty. Well, there's a couple. He got a lot the look of Devin Robinson, but he's not a super player. He averages nine disposals over 16 games. Clover from Dunsborough. Beautiful part of the world. Go Clover. And not sure if a guy who averages 11 disposals, so around the mark, and a .24 goals a year is quite the answer the Eagles require. Tony from South Yundra. Yep. Good, good yeah, with me. Yeah, no, 100% he's with you. And he also played in a grand final and wasn't the worst player. Good to go. 
Uh, and no, I'm not saying not, he's not a, probably I'm, not playing the role in Brisbane that he would play at West Coast. I just think you've overcooked him a bit at the moment where he sits. I think he's got the potential to be a really good player. Um, you, you'd certainly, if you could, bring him into your side at West Coast. You, you would bring him in as long as you don't give away the farm. And as you said, Mick, pay him overs. Yeah. So mess up your salary cap. But I, I think he's going to be a good player. There's no doubt about that. But he's well, not an A-grader. What he does bring to is leadership. Like, he was a captain of WA at underage level. He's he's a, a real elite person on and off field. So he certainly adds a lot of value there. It's just a matter of what... Um, and he's very similar to Will Brody type that, you know, unfortunately lacks a little bit of polish by foot. So uh, with all said and done, goes back to the original question about half an hour ago in regards to which club has to do the most. And we've just... We, and we said West, You said West Coast. Both of you said West Coast. Basically, it's straight off West the West Coast and North, yeah. Yeah, but... but They've got so many decisions to make. It, it It is a really watershed moment for the footy club. It is. And, and I mean, it's easy. Hindsight's a great thing, but I sort of sat over the last couple of years, I thought, I think they've cost themselves West Coast by not making the calls 12 mm. to 24 months ago. No so doubt. This is what makes it such a big draft and such a big 12 months ahead for the footy club is it's been left really late to turn the list over and... And now there's um, some monumental decisions and, and some really pivotal ones that have, have got to be made at the right time now going forward. Clayton Oliver's name is the big story. Now, this is uh, all over yesterday and it's uh, just everyone's doubled down today and uh, Melbourne are coming out in generic terms and saying we are not putting him up for trade. Oh, have they said that he's a required player? They no, haven't quite used those words. All righty, then he might not be up for trade. So, uh, but we're not putting him up for trade. He's got five years to run of a pretty lucrative contract. But they have not said that they won't listen to other clubs. So he's tradable. What's going on there with Clayton Oliver? What do we know? Does anyone know anything? Was it no, no, like I don't think we know he anything. Tattooed his own foot that he loves putting coins into the slot machines. There's some of the stuff I've read. Yeah, that's all it'll be now. At the that's, moment, that's it'll be... the thing. It needs, someone needs to come out and say, one, there's nothing wrong. Two, someone needs to say something because I think he's been unfairly dragged through because no one has got no, any foundation. But there's, I think there's, there's no foundations whatsoever. Correct. But there clearly has to be something wrong for a player as good as Clayton Oliver to be suggested. And clubs don't just jump and say, oh, hey, um, can you give us Clayton Oliver? But does this run but deeper there, than that Yeah, there's something screen? involved. There's something going on behind the scenes that's that's not right at the moment because someone like Clayton Oliver doesn't become overnight a, a gettable player. Yeah, you're 100% right. I, I didn't think something didn't appear to be right during the finals. They, they mm. just seemed to be off. There was a lot of talk, I know, around the allegations thrown at Simon Goodwin and – um, what yeah, was right, what wasn't right. Oliver was injured and that sort of stuff, that it wasn't hamstring, it was other things related and it was strikes and all that sort of stuff. All this just, un, there was no basis to any of it. It was people who jump on socials and make crap up. Yeah. And look, I, I've known Clayton <laughs> Oliver since he was 17, 18. He's different. Yeah. He's a different cat <laughs> yep. and that's okay. He, he walks to the beat of his own drum and we can see that. But You're sitting from the outside now, I mean, it's Clayton Oliver, averages 30 and... Not a useless thirty either. And there's a lot of players who get a useless thirty, but he gets a genuine thirty that that can hurt the opposition. It's important to their midfield structure allows Petrarca to go forward. Does there is there something underlying here? Is there something going on at that football club that has all of a sudden made him a, a gettable trade target? Or I'll pose a question: Have they got to a point where he was missing late in the year 
where they've still been able to hold their own and go, okay, now's our time to move. We've still got Jack Viney. We've still got Christian Petrarca. We've still got some A-grade mids. still got Angus Brayshaw, who we we hope bounces back really quickly. I don't think he will. I think he's done. So that, that being the case, are they sitting there going, okay, you know, can we get pick three for Clayton Oliver? And then do we then on trade that? To bring in something else, or, or well, what does it have to be? If they get picked three, who would they pick up with it? Rory Lobb. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you ever drink during the news break? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? You pick him up with three hundred and thirty-three. Who would you get, Mick? Pick three if you were um, if say Melbourne have it and they have Zane Dersma. Easy man. All righty, Merv from Allenbrook's online. He wants to talk <laughs> about where'd that come from. Watch his space. <laughs> Frio, Sean Darcy wants to, to talk about... Keyboard. No, just watch the space. We're not banking it at the moment. Oh. Merv, good morning. Hi, uh, Tim. How are you going, mate? Yeah, Quite good. Sure. Thank you. Good. Um, just want to pose this to you guys. Um, what do you think of Frio um, trading Darcy and Brody to the Kangaroos for pick two and three? I don't think they'll give that up for two and – no, I don't think that'll get that done by North Melbourne. Uh, as far as the trade, it's not a bad package. I, I would have trade – I would trade Sean Darcy now because Luke Jackson going forward, even though I keep saying that he could be a great forward, they were better when he went into the ruck. They were much, much better. There's no doubt about that. So maybe packaging them together, but they won't get two and three me. No, and I agree. I agree, Scotty. I, Luke Jackson, he's another one. He's a ruckman mm. that can go forward. Um, I like. I've always preferred Luke Jackson in the ruck, and Liam Reedy, who has been playing down appeal, he's one of the biggest humans I've seen in recent yeah. times on a football ground. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think they can afford to trade Darcy, and that's where I think they can get back mm. in early in this year's draft. But you're not getting two and three. Uh, no, you won't get two and three, and Brody won't Sorry, warrant Murph. that selection. No. What were you smirking at? No, I'm not smoking anything. I just, I, I had you a You see someone else walk past that looks like me. You pointed out three people <laughs> in really bad nick going for walks in the morning. You said, hey, there's you going for walks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you found that button, did you? Peter? Yeah. Jack Cale, uh, first uh, first thoughts of uh, Scotty arriving at Port Adelaide. Where are you smoking at? Um, uh, we're going to get a breakaway and come back. I'll tell you in the ad break. Uh, this is <laughs> Scotty and Goss, Mick Ablett in the studio. We'll wrap things up next. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. SEN Breakfast, if you didn't listen, this is what you've missed. And she came up looked me in the eye and just gave me the bird. Trains always run on time around this time. No, well, people also have airpods. Okay, well, the train's obviously, the whistle's gone missing, this is going well. Rightio, Who's today... Who's bloke out? I don't know, but he's just going to get the train... Uh, yeah, I've been working non-stop since I've come here. <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> ben Allen, didn't they have him with Ben Allen? Maybe I'm just misremembering. I'm thinking of someone else completely. <laughs> Move on. Thanks for input. Good contribution, Chris. Hey, hey. Cam from Tapping, that's the wrap of the show. We've done better than. Hey, we've got to go. Hey, Mick, thanks for coming in. Thanks, boys. Cam from Tapping reckons Dan Robinson makes up for it in other areas rather than just his polish. Scotty, nice to have you back, Legend. Great to be back. See you tomorrow, everyone.
Gilly will take our call Great tomorrow, stuff, you Mick. think? Yeah, well, you'd think so. <laughs> oh, it'd be nice. <laughs>